Coming up on today's show... Pick 6 is back. We read your listener questions, react to your voicemails, and teach Joe the difference between Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. I never remember that one. David Bakhtiari joins the show on his birthday for the second year in a row. Just wait until you hear his intro. Dirty hits, secret trick-or-treating, banana hammocks, and horses with scoliosis. All of this and much, much more coming up on another exciting episode of The Tomahawk Show. Yo, Tomaflock, welcome to the critically acclaimed audio massaging that is the Tomahawk Show. That's right, we are massaging eardrums here. If you've been living under a rock, ding! I am Andrew Hawkins, your humblest of all co-hosts. Fun fact about me, when I was six years old, I tried to urinate over my own head. (laughs) That's real. It didn't work. It got a face full of my own bodily fluids. I'm joined by the best co-host in the entire land, Joe Thomas, 10,000 straight snaps, 11 years in the NFL, six abs, and a C-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Joe, how is, how is your midweek treating you, brother? I'm glad you brought up the six ab thing. That was really nice of you. You're welcome. Uh, I'm doing really well today. I'm feeling very clear-headed because I'm actually currently in a fasted state. And for those of you that understand uh, the current fab around the the fad diet around intermittent mm. fasting, that means you don't eat. And so I have not eaten since yesterday at about uh, five thirty or six o'clock. What? And I feel great. I feel like I'm full of energy. I feel like I'm burning that clean fuel. And uh, the reason it made me think of it because yesterday I was on TMZ and. And unlike you, Hawk, uh-huh. I am uh, not thin-skinned. And so even though TMZ just a couple of weeks ago called me the ex-NFL fat guy, Joe Thomas, in their headline on their their website that gets like well over 2 million hits every single day, I was willing to go on their show because uh-huh. I have no ego, even if somebody calls me uh, a fat guy. You know what people and with no ego talk, do all the time? Mm-hmm. They talk about how they don't have an they, ego? Yeah, they say they, they, <laughs> they, they love to talk about how they don't have an ego, but continue. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, uh, so the reason I bring up the fasting is because everybody seems to want to talk to me not about my football knowledge, which apparently is not that good because nobody cares. Obviously, uh, but they Play want to the be Browns. like, "Hey, you used to be so fat, and now you're just regular. Like, what happened? How did you do it?" And I always tell them intermittent fasting, and it's starting to catch on. There's people that are starting to listen. So, Hawk, yeah. if you're willing and able and interested in recapturing that Hall of Fame body that you had when you were playing with the Patriots. Don't be afraid to let intermittent fasting give it a try. I know you can still eat pizza. You can still drink Mountain Dew, but just uh, don't eat anything the rest of the day. What do I do when I'm hungry? Smell food. You don't. Do you get hungry when you fast? It's not too bad. You just I, I would say this. So because I don't eat a lot of carbs when I'm not eating a lot of carbs, I don't get hungry. But what you do is you just get a little bit of a low energy. Okay. So I'll just drink coffee. I really like coffee. And um, so I think coffee kind of helps get that energy up a little bit. And you don't really get hungry, though. That's the big, I think, yeah. mistake that people don't understand. And they don't believe you that, oh, you're fasting. You must be starving. Well, I'm not really hungry, but I'm just maybe a little bit low energy at times, but not when I'm talking to a great looking guy like Andrew Hawkins. Yeah, now my energy's that. at a hundred. Yeah, I, t- I turned the energy up. Yeah, I ate eight chocolate chip muffins this morning for breakfast. <laughs> so I'll get You're back. A I'll, I'll turn into the uh, intermittent fasting 
soon as possible. Listen, if you're listening to the show, interact with us. Hit, hit us up on social media at Tomahawk Show across all platforms. We have a Facebook group, Tomahawk, and the voicemail line has been lit, as you can tell. <clears throat> Um, for a lot of reasons. So make sure you're continuing to do that because we love it. 440-628-1376. Uh, we got a lot of meat-related voicemails this week. That came out weird, but you guys understand what I'm talking about. We were having a discussion on how people like their steak cooked. And people were ripping me, not only in voicemails, <clears throat> via tweets, all of that. I had Ooh. some backers, though. I had a couple people back me up there. They They also like to eat leather. Uh, but I stand by my steak take, and I, there's no one's going to be able to talk me off that ledge, Joe. Everyone was like, "It's not blood. The red juice is in blood." Like I don't know what other red juice is inside of a a living mm. thing. Mm. Looks like seems Great like blood question. to me. <laughs> the problem is you're just biased against blood. Like I don't know if you all is clearly. That a bad thing? If you don't like if you don't like blood, then you've never had blood sausage. But being that I'm a German man, I grew up yeah. in a German family. Okay, blood sausage is a really big part of my culture and my heritage over in uh, Europe, and I'm not going to say I love blood sausage, but wow. it's actually not that bad. Like you should oh. really try it sometime. Blood sausage, it's uh it's supposedly very good for you. All the different proteins and the collagens and things like that yeah. in the blood sausage. Okay. Supposedly it's good for you. So maybe if you go to one of your specialty butchers that I'm sure you have on every corner out there in LA, uh you should pick up some blood sausage and let me know and then maybe you wouldn't be as afraid of eating a steak under well done because yeah. of the blood ickiness. Yeah, if I if I wanted to drink blood, okay, I'm not even going to finish that because I, I <laughs> it, it was about to get weird on this podcast. Yeah. Let's Yo, go a different direction. Let's go a different. But yeah, we I want everyone to know we appreciate the voicemails, man. We got a ton of Patriots fans were leaving us voicemails. We had Steelers fans hitting us up with voicemails. So we want everybody to hit us up. We are obviously we know the Browns fans hit us up, but you know we're an equal opportunity podcast. We're we're football. More importantly, we are personality. If you like personality. Mm. We're the podcast for you, all right? If you're listening to the show, check us out. We do a video show every week on Uninterrupted's YouTube page. Go check that out. Subscribe so you don't miss it. Um, my takes are a lot better when you can actually see my face. Joe has a face for podcasting, so if I were you, I'd put at least a piece of paper up over half of the screen um, unless he shows his abs. Joe, when, when can we get you to show your abs on the video show? I'm that, not a big fan of uh, gratuitous shirtless shots, although I did a photo shoot for Swimmer Magazine last <laughs> fall, and I didn't really exactly know what it was going to include. I assumed there'd be some shots of me swimming, but uh, I made the cover of Swimmer Magazine wow. not swimming. So that says all you need to know about my abilities in the pool, that they yeah. thought it was so embarrassing that they didn't even want to show me in the pool. So there is a shirtless shot out there of the abs, but uh, okay. I'm not going to tell you how to find it. We're going to uncover it. I like to keep that... In the house, right? In the family. Keep it in you, the you family. You come over, you know, we, we, we have a swimming date at the Hawks massive Olympic size swimming pool it's, it's in crazy. LA. I'm glad you, you said might it. see me with my shirt off, but other than that, I like to keep it to myself. Do you know how expensive it is living in LA, Joe? And I know you're in Wisconsin, I, and I can imagine you probably get ten thousand square feet for you know, probably under six figures in Wisconsin. Like I Yeah, about a million bucks, I'd say. Dude, do you know what a million bucks gets you in L.A.? Probably like 800 square feet and maybe two bedrooms, one bath. <laughs> maybe. You're living in a sardine can with a million dollars. Yeah, it's not, this great. Is not, not great. People who are rich here are a different kind of rich. Like it's not – this isn't 
this isn't six year NFL vet land. No, you gotta. <laughs> I got. I got. I got to take it to the middle of the country where they're giving out ho- houses and Cracker Jack boxes just for you to come into the state because LA is not it. But I love LA, so I think next we're gonna we're gonna talk about Omax. Yes. Yeah. Now this episode is brought to you by Omax. Visit omaxhealth.com and enter Tomahawk to get 20% off. Whether you're a professional athlete, a weekend warrior, or someone who deals with aches and pains, finding a natural remedy that instantly works might seem impossible. Most over-the-counter pain relievers only focus on one basic cooling effect, which temporarily takes your mind off the pain until it returns. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD, developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription triple action pain relief roll-on is specifically formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is this 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application and relief lasts up to eight hours, much longer than over-the-counter products. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-freeze pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter Tomahawk to take advantage of our incredible savings. Don't let muscle soreness stop you from living an active lifestyle. Go to omaxhealth.com, enter code Tomahawk and feel relief faster. All right, the most recent football game of the week was the Bengals and the Steelers. Little AFC North matchup, Joe. Do you still think the Bengals are better than the Steelers? I do because I, I still think that I, I trust Andy Dalton more as the season goes on. I think he's going to get more comfortable in Zach Taylor's offense. Their defense scares me a little bit because the Bengals just have very, very little talent on defense. They don't seem to have a creative and unique scheme. Mm-hmm. They don't have great players. So I'm not exactly sure how you expect to have any level of success on defense when you don't have either one of those two things, which is kind of important. But I still think Andy Dalton is going to continue to grow into that offense and they're going to be okay. I'm not saying 500, but I think six and 10 is kind of where they're going to end up. And truthfully, I think the Steelers are going to be about four and 12 or five and 11. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, the great game they played last night and Mason Rudolph playing good football. The dude threw one pass past 20 yards <laughs> down the line of scrimmage. He does not throw the football down the field because he's not comfortable throwing. He's he's very, very risk averse because he doesn't want to make mistakes because that's the fastest way to get to the bench. So most of his passes are going to his running backs on checkdowns and short passes to his tight Charlie. ends. I think he threw three passes to Juju Smith-Schuster in the game uh, that Juju caught. So that is not exactly a recipe for a great offensive outburst. And I just don't see that offense continuing to grow until I see something differently. I think the Bengals are still going to end up third in the division and the Steelers are still going to be in last place. Where do you watch Monday night football at? I'm laying in bed. Uh This is exactly my routine. So Monday night I get, the rundown for Thursday night's pregame show from Thursday Night Football NFL Network. Wow, so the production, yeah, so the uh, producer, he sends it to me on Monday night. So by the time Monday Night Football is on, 
I'm laying in bed with my computer. I'm watching Monday Night Football and I'm going through the rundown and kind of coming up with my answers and I'm doing some research and I'm starting to watch some film on the two teams. I'm Mm -hmm. starting to read those news articles and starting to really familiarize myself with the two teams that are going to be playing on Thursday Night Football so I can get my rough draft for Thursday's show out of the way Monday night. So that Tuesday during the day, I'm able to find time to do the podcast that we do here on Tuesday afternoon, and then also revisit and talk with my segment producer about the answers and if I need to find out any different video clips that we're going to show during the the TV show. Or mm-hmm. a lot of times they like to give me an EXO segment for Thursday Night Football, which I really enjoy because I love breaking down the uh, the boring side of football, as Hawk yep. would tell you, yep. which is the EXO uh, analysis that only – Nerdy yep. coaches and uh, nerdy fans would enjoy. And this this misplay, um, the guard puts his hand down. When this guard exactly. puts his hand down, that guard Riveted. beside him is going to come. He's going to block this guy with that guy. And then they're going <gasps> to stand amazing? there and look like they're kind of gyrating at the hips against each other for about five plays while all the exciting stuff happens on the other side of the field. <laughs> you know I'm Joe Thomas. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the NFL Network. You, you, know, you know what they call that when you have an offensive and a defensive lineman kind of like running into each other uh-huh. for three or four seconds, <laughs> pelvis to pelvis? We call that titty bumping. Oh, I like Listen, it. You, you're out there titty bumping with them. That's not really hitting them very hard. You're just kind of titty bumping. You guys are. Hey, did you ever have people that you played against where you guys kind of had a pact? Like, hey, on this play, we're not going to go that hard. Well, you know what we call that? What do you call that? Okay, we got a name for everything. Yeah, geez, you do. We call that the silent contract because you never agree to it beforehand. No. But you look each other in the eye, and as soon as that play <laughs> goes, you're just making sure that nobody goes too hard. And yep. you don't see it all that often in games. You would see it sometimes later in games, especially if it was kind of a blowout. Mm. You wouldn't usually see it from defensive ends, right? Yep. The guys you would get it from are the defensive tackles and blowouts because they know they're not going to get sacks anyway. Right. Casey Hampton was a guy for the Steelers. He was a great, great player, but he knew he wasn't getting any sacks. So when the Steelers <laughs> had a big lead and he was in there, he would pull the silent contract where he would go just hard enough so it looked like he was working hard yep. on film, but he wasn't trying to beat you because he didn't want you finishing uh, and putting him on the ground. He didn't want you diving at his knees. He didn't want to get unnecessarily hurt in a game that he couldn't get sacks and that they had already won. But those guys <laughs> on the edge, you always had to watch out for them because no matter what, as soon as they had the lead, they were thinking one thing, and that was get my sacks, get my money because yep. Yep. those guys get paid based on their sack numbers, and when they get sacks is when they're winning and the game's out of hand and you have to throw and the quarterback's going to stand nine yards behind the center and chuck the ball 30 times. See, that's perfect because DBs and receivers have that same silent contract, but it's it's only in the run game. So what happens is I'm at the receiver and I'm going to block and he knows like it's a it's in my contract. I have to come block you on this run play that doesn't help (laughs) me whatsoever. Right. And I won't get paid off of how good I do in this play. So they'll come up and, you know, if the play is going the other side or, or something happens or it might be coming to my side and he cuts back the other way, the DB will hit you with the, you good. And then <laughs> we'll both just hold on to each other's shoulder pads for a couple of seconds. As soon as it's over, to seal the deal with the contract, it's a pat on the butt. If I get the, okay. if I get the pat on the butt after early in the game, then I know in the run game, I'm good. We have the, si- the silent contract is we will only go hard on run plays to our side. Once we tap on the butt, first quarter means anything backside, 
We're just shuffling the feet in front of each other. You good? I'm good. You good? All right, good play, man. See you next one. <laughs> like it, it's like wrestling. It's like pro wrestling. I don't know if we should be giving this information out. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. But it's funny you said that because the term silent contract came from the great Teddy Atlas, who is Mike Tyson's trainer. Mm-hmm. He was really good friends with Eric Mangini. And when Eric Mangini was the head coach of the Browns, Teddy Atlas would spend almost the entire training camp with us. And it was great. He would tell us stories about training Tyson and the time when, you know, he had to pull a gun out on Tyson. He was yeah, gonna, like happens kill him. to the best of them. I mean, crazy stuff. But he always talked about the silent contracts in boxing. Like everybody knows those boxing fights, you're getting paid all this money just to show up, right? Mm-hmm. And then those guys look at each other in the eyes and they're like, all right, let's make it look good. Like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have that silent contract. You hit me once, I'm going down, I don't care. And uh, so we got that from Teddy Atlas. But I was curious, Hawk, did you ever have any coach that banned the butt tap? That knew yep. that as soon as you got the butt tap, that meant that you guys weren't giving your best effort the whole game. So you yep. would outlaw the butt tap. Yep. I've had plenty of coaches who like. He, he was on to you. We would get fined. Yeah. Because he, I mean, you've been around enough, you know what the butt tap means. And then also, oh, yeah. my one year in Cleveland, we had a receiver coach who, because backside, it was so blatant that like everybody was on the silent contract that he was like, okay. Any play where you don't at least put your hands on the DB, you're getting fined. So it, you would see plays that the play would be 40 yards on the other side of the field, and they would blow the whistle, and someone would start running back to the huddle, stop, run back to the DB, and just tap him on the shoulder. And they'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Get off of me. So I'm going yeah. to be watching for that this weekend. So Look for I'll exactly what's happening. Look for the uh, butt taps between the DBs and wide receivers. All right. I, Talking to you is painful, Joe. So I, I think we need a pay reliever here Ooh. on the Tomahawk Show in the form of a prescription of David Bakhtiari. Let's give mm. him a call. Wednesdays are for the players. Travis Kelsey. This entire time I thought it was Tomahawk. Tomahawk. Kareem Jackson. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? Do I believe in ghosts? Yeah. Ooh. Here we go. Saquon. One, One two, two, three, four. four. I, I declare thumb war. Do you think, Ma? Let's get it. It's Tomahawk Show. All right, next on the show, we have the greatest left tackle in NFL history, by far way better than anybody that the Cleveland Browns have ever put on the field. Agreed. We have the one and only Packers left tackle, David Bakhtiari. (laughs) David. We're coming off of a heartbreaking Thursday night football loss for you guys, but I'm sure you guys had a little bit of time off over the weekend. I got to ask you, what did you do over the weekend? Well, before I tell you that, I got to say that might be the greatest introduction (laughs) I think I've ever had in my entire life. You're welcome. You're welcome. I expect the check to be in the mail. Not not even just the the, the kind words, but just the the enthusiasm. That is unparalleled in mankind. Thank you, man. Nobody's more excited to have you on the pod because I'm tired of talking to all these pretty boys that play receiver uh, and quarterback and all these positions that Hawk think are important. I'm trying to tell him, man, it always starts up front, but not with those other four chumps. It's the left tackle, man. It's the left tackles game and everybody plays <laughs> off of us. Well, I like it. Um, okay. So I guess to, to answer your question, what I do on my time off, I, uh, it actually was my birthday weekend. So uh, me and some family and friends, uh, my girlfriend, we all went down to uh, Chicago for the weekend. That's awesome. Yeah. This, you, do you realize this is the second birthday week you've joined a Tomahawk show in a row consecutively? Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, I mean. Who was the first? Uh, no, mm. I said you 
were on our show last year for your birthday week. <laughs> for your birthday week. Was it really? Is yeah. It's been a year? It's been a year, man. I know. It seems like just yesterday. Wow. I, I, get, the, I get the feeling. It's been a like good year you. for you since you joined the Tomahawk show. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. No. No big deal. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I got to come on the show more often. Actually, no, no. Keep it to once a year. I kinda, I, it's been good. Yeah, it's been, it's been good. good. So we'll, so we'll, not, uh, yeah, we don't we don't have enough space for having you on more than once a year. Trust <laughs> me. But all right, since the last time we spoke, David, you were ranked by your peers and voted by your peers as the top offensive lineman in the NFL by way of the NFL 100. How does that make you feel? A and B. Do you attribute that to having come on this podcast? Um. I mean, I, I, of course it feels good. Uh, getting recognition from your peers is always nice. But, uh, you know, don't really mean much because that's, that's, they're braiding you based off what you did previously. Okay. And every year, okay. a, every year someone else is either going to try and work harder and the guy crossing is just kind of trying to beat you down that much more. So, mm. if anything, I think uh, it's made my job harder because now, one, you have the reputation to uphold, and two, you got guys who are like, well, we got to give it everything we got against this player now. You know, I kind of, I kind of like to lull my defenders to sleep just by being really friendly with them, which is always a nice. <laughs> yeah, don't don't tug on Superman's cape. I learned that when I was uh, a young rookie that let those defensive linemen think that you're buddies and you just want to let them just kind of hibernate throughout the game. You don't want to ever poke that sleeping bear because the last thing you want to do is get a lazy guy, which all defensive linemen are lazy. You do not want to get a lazy guy motivated by pissing him off. But uh, your publicist did a great job writing that answer for you. Yeah. So let's change the subject away from your football skills and move on to your beer chugging ability because well, as well known as you've become for your pass blocking for the great Aaron Rodgers, you're probably actually more well-known now throughout the world for your beer-chugging yeah. ability. How has your life changed since the world realized that you can slam two beers in about half the time it takes Joey Chestnut to slam one beer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you this, though. Um, I've gotten probably quadrupled the amount of uh, um, appearances and uh, commercials mm. from my beer-chugging than I have from my... Oh. My my actual play on the football field, so <laughs> not bad. That's, that's any trivia. I mean, I, I guess I kind of know what it's like to be like a, a. I wouldn't even say a skills position. Maybe more like a mid position. Yeah, like a slot <laughs> receiver almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like not the number one guy that they're coming to with the endorsements. I, I'm, I'm sure both of you guys remember. You know, when they break down uh, conditioning groups. There's always this big mid and skills. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Skill guys get paid. That's very All biased. Those, I, I guess I'm more like the mids, like the linebackers. Yeah, I got you. The running backs and stuff like that. Do you, exactly. Do you feel like exactly. people culturally appropriated your beer chugging? Because it seemed like everybody wanted to just then chug beers at public events and not pay homage to the to the OG, David Bakhtiari. I mean, I'm sure I wasn't the first guy to chug a beer at a. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I on the jumbo I, I, I probably won't be the. I'm not sure. I, won't, I won't be the last guy. I mean, there is a first. Like Joe is the first offensive lineman in football history. That's that is facts. A fact. This is facts. <laughs> facts. Proven, facts. We know this. I don't know if Proven. we know that I'm the first guy to chug a beer at a sporting event. Okay. But I can tell you this: that uh, I'm honored by it, and I hope it continues because it's a. I mean, you just got to pay homage. That's it. Well, it was a, it was a lot of fun watching you and Aaron Rodgers at the Bucks game last year when you guys did your beer chugging. But take us behind the scenes because you know, as, as an outsider, for me, I'm thinking you know this was kind of choreographed a little bit. But I, I got to think that 
Aaron Rodgers felt a little bit upstaged because of how poor he was at chugging a beer. So for something that was well-planned, he sure didn't do a lot of practicing. So just take us behind the scenes a little bit on the run-up to that great beer chugging at the Bucks game. Well, okay, so it happened. there were three games. The first game I went there, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of getting old enough where, you know, if the PR – so the Packers are going to get mad at me. It'll be more like a slap on the wrist. I'm like, I'll, I'll chug a beer. Now, before you kind of want to not want to ruffle any feathers. Now I'm like, ah, what's the worst that can happen? So I go, I go, I chug a beer the first game. You know, the crowd goes crazy. It was a lot of fun. I'm like, okay, all right. You know what? People, people were saying next time, you know, I like, go oh, try and chug two, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't really think about that. I was like, well, maybe I'll do it out of a cup. Cause I know I can drink. I know I can chug a beer quicker out of a cup. Second game. I ended up chugging, or I was going to chug a beer out of only one beer out of one cup, except the foam, so when someone brought it to me, they poured it terribly, and it was oh, pretty much three-fourths small and one-fourth beer. Mm. Oh. So mm. I had to, I had to oh. go get another one, pour it myself, and by the time I was on, uh, they put me on the, uh, the Jumbotron, both of them were ready to go, so I'm like, I'll just chug both of them. Everyone went nuts. Then the infamous third game, me and Aaron actually went to dinner before, and I was telling him, I'm like, dude, you got to chug a beer. You'll make the crowd, the crowd will go nuts over you. Like, just do, just do one. <laughs> he's going to do and one. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm not really like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a beer guy as much anymore. I'm more of a scotch guy. Like, what if I chug scotch? I'm like, oh, well, I mean, go ahead and chug some scotch. Well, they'll probably, <laughs> they'll probably <laughs> send you I'm like, look, as long as you can chug a beer good, go ahead and do it. And he goes, ah, maybe I'll just do it. I'm like, all right, let's go ahead and do it. Let's have some fun. So I end up chugging mine and then I go over to him and I guess the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah, Johnny was chugging scotch. We weren't at the game. We were at practice. Um, no, I'm kidding, man. Johnny, I'm sorry for listening. <laughs> um, so it, of all the people who were chugging beers after you, right, after that that went viral, you became a legend beyond the Tomahawk Show because we already knew you were a legend uh, for obvious reasons. Was there anybody out there that impressed you with their chugging ability, where you were like, "Oh, okay, that that dude's bringing some heat." Uh, Kyle Long, mm. and not really heat, but energy. Baker, you like Baker? I definitely mm. appreciated the energy. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Kyle, I, I saw his, his was pretty quick and obviously underrated because just because he's with his quarterback and you know they tend to go over there. But I'm I'm sure we would have to have some uh, heavyweight bouts. Oh man, chugging we, some beer together. Can we do a race like? bring everybody in here to on the tomahawk show to like literally race beer is that a sport do you want to be the the roger goodell so of that you, sport are, are you are you asking if you if you want to throw a party yeah, <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> is what i'm saying do, you, do i want to join you on I mean, a friday night of course <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm not opposed all right so I'm, that uh, sounds like good that, i mean i'm all for it yeah i, I really want to know that because you know, I, I went to Wisconsin and grew up in Wisconsin, and we drink some beer, as you know. And the Baker move, where you bite a can and shotgun it, was something that I had never seen before. Is that something that you'd seen before, or maybe it's like a, a Oklahoma thing that just didn't make its way to the Midwest? But that that one blew me away. I mean, I have seen that, and the only guys I know of that mm-hmm. are, I mean, they that they really don't care about their teeth too much. <laughs> I don't think I'm, I'm probably gonna pat. I'm gonna keep biting through a little bit. Jeez. To get my beer. All right. I love I, it. I, I, have enough, I have enough patience to, 
to use the uh, the top part of the, the cap. The cap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna segue from from chugging beers to back on the field again. We know that you're the best offensive lineman in the NFL. So of all the linemen who are worse than you, who are your top three O linemen behind you? Because everyone's behind you, Dave. That's just the reality. I know you don't. You're saying like, "Hey, man, it's a different world now." I, you know, TMZ's at me, and guys are—they're mm. not. I can't sneak up on them. But you're the best now. So, of all the guys who are worse than you, who are your top three O linemen out there? And and they can't play on the Packers. I mean, what 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 positions? Give me a left tackle, a guard, okay. and another left tackle because we all know that, all the right tackles are. 33 ranked tackles and, be, and below because if they were the best, that's, they'd be the left tackle. That's, that's everything Andrew knows about the offensive line, by the way. He does not know that a center even exists. He's like trying to think of what the positions are on the offensive line really quickly. There was nobody to throw him a lifeline. It's like, and the fat quarterback that starts to play. You know, yeah. what's his name? I will say, I mean, before this was kind of like, I haven't, I haven't really seen him play too much because it's so early in the season, but even last year, the guy can't freaking age. I love Joe Saley's game. I love the way he plays. Mm. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, I guess something about I'm Joe's, man. I, I enjoy I enjoy Joe's playing football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not your average Joe's. That's one I jump just off. Just Next one, I'll go with it. a younger ascending player that I've always liked watching. I think he's got a really, really bright future. Ronnie Stanley from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I, 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 I just... Met him. He's got a good head on his shoulders. The way he plays, he plays nasty. He's big. He's long. Very agile. So I got. I would say those two. And then when it comes to guards, I'm gonna pull out my uh, my left guard from retirement. I'd still say City. I think he's. I think he's got a good quarter left mm. in him. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, at least at nah, least nah, half nah. a quarter. <laughs> I, I I can't do that. I would say probably right now, uh, Brandon Brooks for the uh, Philadelphia. That guy's a freaking house man. Mm, and he's mm. he can still do it, man. He's he's good. He's good. Those are good choices. But uh, as you and I know, nobody cares about offensive linemen. So let's talk about something more <laughs> interesting, and that is good-looking people. Because your head coach is extremely attractive. He's a very very nice looking person, and as it so happens, he's actually a pretty good coach so far. And one thing I've said that when you play as an offensive lineman in the Kyle Shanahan zone scheme. It is like a dream come true for an offensive lineman because once you get that run game going and you add the play action into it, as an offensive lineman, our job is so much easier. Now, you guys haven't really fully got into it because Aaron Rodgers is so good at still standing back there and throwing the football, but how has your experience so far been in this new offense under Matt LaFleur? Um, it's been different for sure. I have, I can honestly say I've never really done a lot of play action, if at mm. all, so... If anything, I've almost felt comfortable just pass setting 85 times in a game, drop back, <laughs> five, seven step drops. Yeah. Um, so get, getting used to kind of running out of defenders, initially I was a little bit uh, caught off guard. Those weak side play action passes, I'm not the biggest fan of, but I'm starting, <laughs> I mean, the more threatening the run game is, the more aggressive you can get. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the you know, when a defender can't just tee off and he's worrying about, Three different, three or four different plays that could happen off this one formation. It definitely takes stress off of just a normal pass set. So that's 
That's been nice. So here's Joe's coaching corner tip of the day because one of the things that I struggled with when I first got into Kyle Shanahan's scheme is just like you said, is when you have that weak side play action and you've got a hard run sell to your side, if the defensive end guesses right and he goes inside into the B gap between the tackle and the guard, you're totally screwed because you're running at him. He's running inside and away from you and it's really hard to change directions that quickly. So what I learned here, and I'll I'll even allow you to use this, is what you want to do is you want to open up your hips and drop step with depth and width your outside foot but you need to keep your shoulders square to the line of scrimmage that allows you to run upfield if he takes a a hard angle up the field but if he does spike inside real quickly on you your square shoulders gives you the ability to recover with your inside hand you got to keep your inside hand wide and catch uh his inside shoulder if he does make that quick quick inside move and the cardinal sin is you can't cross over so your first three steps have to be quick and andrew hawkins just fell asleep so we can move back to our regularly scheduled football talk about things that people actually care about no uh, my favorite part of that is how you segued from let's get out of o-line talk and then we <laughs> we took the deepest dive into o-line <laughs> we talk we think we've ever had Offensive line talk in history. I, I, I'm going to be honest. That was probably my favorite segment right there. I mean, <laughs> I, I, immediately I already feel a little bit more comfortable and a small practice. I'm probably going to try that at least. I love it. Three times. You got to try it. Yes. I love it. We'll Is call it? you again next year on your birthday and find out if that tip helps <laughs> you whatsoever. Perfect. I'll let you know my 29th birthday how it went. Is it weird having a coach who's not old enough to drink? <laughs> Coach is not old enough to drink. Why, you look like that much of a baby, do you guys? I mean, he looks like he's 19 with a beard. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, the ID says above 21. Hey, that's all that counts. Is there give us? Is there any stories that it was like, because we've had young coaches, and sometimes what, what happens with young coaches is, you know, I mean, it, it's tough to command a room, especially when you're like close in age with a lot of the guys. Has there ever been a time where he's he said a story that has just missed in in a locker room or in like in a in a team meeting setting. I don't I can't think of a story that didn't hit. The one thing I can think of was I remember when he first got the head coaching job. I, I remember I was traveling um season and I watched this first interview. And you know, I, I, he was he was very nervous. I don't think he has really been I, I, I'm sure Matt would even admit he's not the best public speaker. Right. Right. You know, it, 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 it's tough to do. You yep. know, to not fumble over your words, to, to know what you're going to say, and to you know drive home your point. That I mean, that can be challenging at times. Yep. I will say I will always remember the first offense, uh, offensive or even team meeting, not even offensive meeting, where he addressed the the full team for the first time. Uh. I felt uncomfortable for him. <laughs> But I, you know, with that, I was like, oh, man, like I can tell he's just, it's just either certain people can stand in front of a, of a, a you know, a, 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 an entire audience and talk to them like it's a one-on-one conversation. Certain people can't. They just kind of got that. <laughs> they're, they're, they're comfortable with it. And that's not, not comfortable with it. I will say he has definitely gotten better. But I remember that, that first day, I was like, oof. Oof. He is not enjoying this right now. <laughs> Do you even remember what the message was that first day? Or was your only takeaway is like, wow, he needs a little more practice standing in front of the team and giving <laughs> us this rah-rah speech. Uh, yeah, honestly, I can't remember it all. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, <laughs> though, because I, I, I could probably guess it. I mean, just because we, you know, in football, we always just 
go over the same things. So like I was probably on you know, the team message, you know, yeah. our core values, that stuff. I remember we talked about that 300 times since then. And to be honest, like you have to, the, the uncomfortability of him had to be oozing through the room because as a, for people that don't realize when you're in a team meeting, like these are the same speeches over and over, like literally hundreds of times a year. So you heard everything once, like they might rope it in a little different, but ultimately the messages are all the same. The only time it sticks out is when it's awkward, like when you're like, whoa, this is, this is uncomfortable. I remember one time we had an O coordinator in yeah. Cleveland, and Joe might remember this, and I forget what happened. Maybe we didn't play well, which was a shocker, right? We're Cleveland at yeah, the time. Yeah, it's going to be hard to narrow it down. Yeah, so <laughs> could you imagine, here. David? So yeah, we didn't play well as an offense. No. And he came in I'm mad. <laughs> He came in mad, like, but he wasn't that kind of person. So he came in mad and nobody picked up on he was mad, right? So he was like trying to show that he was upset <laughs> and, nobody, and nobody picked up on it. So then he's like, because nobody picked up on it, it got him even more upset. So then he takes like a binder and throws it across the room and it hits the wall and like 14 people started laughing. <laughs> And he just stormed <laughs> out of the room. He walked out. <laughs> and he walked yeah. out. And then when he walked out the room and shut it, the entire room yeah. burst into like a comedy style laugh. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it was it was the most awkward speech and situation of a coach I've ever seen in my life. Do you do you remember Hawk? What happened after that though? I the don't. The best part was after he storms out, one of his lieutenants stands up there and now is gonna have to like carry on this meeting because he stormed <laughs> out and is and he's just as shocked and flabbergasted as everybody else so he's standing up there going uh well as you can see coach is a little upset right now uh but we're gonna have to move on and so he tries to transition to the rest of the meeting and we just couldn't stop laughing because it was so ridiculous all right so Dave, we're not going to keep you too long man there's a couple questions we got to get from you number one i've been on this 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 uh tirade for all season long i think m&ms are a candy bar i think ca candy bar is a category and i don't think it needs to be literal where do you stand on the situation i you just said m&ms are a candy bar yeah yeah he can't even no. believe the words no. coming out of your mouth you clown okay so i'm an idiot I, 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 well, I didn't even know that there was another side to that i didn't know that there's actually <laughs> people who believe that. <laughs> i mean that's the first time i heard that <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, that's good well, the one. next one so is go ahead, I, don't, I don't know what to say to okay that. <laughs> all yeah, right I so mean, you're not like, on my what, team what else is there to say it's called a candy bar and m&ms are not a bar so <laughs> so what is a donut a why do they bar? call it a donut it's not a nut at some point it yeah, but it's probably, not a candy bar either like you're well, in order for your argument to make any sense okay. a donut would have to be considered a candy bar and a donut is not a candy bar <laughs> and it's not a nut either so it doesn't make any sense whatsoever appreciate you david man enjoy your off thanks day, for brother. being out with us man all right guys take care out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. The good news? With today's advancements in science, Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss. Keeps has revolutionized the way men are treated for hair loss. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get medication delivered to your home. No more waiting rooms and no more pharmacy checkout lines. 
Get the attention and service you need, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Keeps treatments are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. So act fast. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. And nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatment starts at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash tomahawk to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash tomahawk. All right, let's talk giveaways. Listen, we had so much fun giving away NBA 2K that we're doing it again, Joe. Joe, do you play NBA 2K? I'm not a big video game guy. It doesn't matter if you play NBA 2K. Oh, perfect setup. But look, we got a copy of NBA 2K20 Legendary Edition for Xbox One. All you have to do is submit a five-star review and and make it funny. Get creative. That's what we do on the Tomahawk Show. Screenshot it and upload it to the Facebook group, Tomaflock, and we will choose a winner of there of the of the best ones, the one we we actually LOL and belly laugh at. Um, and if you don't play Xbox, just your name in the running anyway and then sell it and go get the ps4 version i don't care what you do with your own property joe seriously did you play video games growing up i did i was a big fan of the ncaa college football the game. irony I loved the madden game i love the <laughs> nhl no hey, look at this i played the nhl okay. game and i loved nba jam i think those were kind of my go-tos i was also a big fan of contra if you yep, remember super remember contra that. on nintendo yep. and uh contra they were great. right now but um okay yeah, I played a lot of Mortal Kombat. I who was your Who game. was your Mortal that was Kombat? Fighter. That was cool when you could rip their heart out. God, it's been so long. I don't even but really you remember. If you don't but, remember who um, you who Hatuken, the guy that he, he would always go Hatuken, Hatuken. Luke, that was my guy. He was you can, a badass. He was a bad motherfucker. I think that's Street Fighter. I love that yeah, guy. that is Street Fighter. Was oh, that Street Fighter? All right, I love Street Fighter. Okay, I, I'm trying to remember. Who, right. I, it's been so long, dude. I was like 12 yeah, years old when ago. I was playing this stuff. That was 20 some years ago. All right, now it's time to get into one of our favorite segments because they're all our favorite segments here. Um, if you've been living under a rock, this is pick six. If you've been living under a rock, kick rocks. Here's pick six. Is that Joe's voice? Wow, Joe, you sound good when they doctor you up like that. All right, let's get to <laughs> I these do questions. The auto-tune. Me and uh, Akon, <laughs> we can't be recorded unless we're auto-tuned. I get it. I get it. All right, let's get to some of the, our viewer questions in pick six where you guys produce the show, ask the questions that we're going to answer. John, what we got? The first one comes from Balone02 on that IG. That? Oh, okay. That's a... A, a name got it b-o-l-l-o-n let's so let's go with balone okay balone on ig asks was that a clean hit on josh allen um yeah it i mean he hit helmet but josh allen is like seven feet two and the db was five <laughs> nine so he's like crouching down to try to get down the db closed his eyes turned his head and just tried to stop him from getting the first down i don't think it was dirty to be honest honestly a lot of the helmet to helmet hits they don't seem as malicious to me. Maybe because I was also the victim of helmet to helmet hits, but sometimes I feel like they're overblown, and it just might be because I'm from the old school of football. Well, two things. First of all, when you guys are submitting these questions, can you please tell us what your name means? Because the, more than the question, I'm just curious how you come up with your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter name. 
And I would love to know what the story is behind the name. So uh, <laughs> as far as the Josh Allen hit goes, my current pet peeve with NFL players and how the game is played is how the quarterbacks have weaponized running out of bounds and sliding. And they make it almost impossible for defensive players to do their job and to not get huge fines and penalties. The reason that the NFL enacted the sliding rule was to protect quarterbacks, and they never intended to allow a quarterback to run right up to the toes of a defender and at the last second slide and throw and give themselves up after a a defensive player has already started the tackling motion. And that's what we see constantly. Every single weekend, we see quarterbacks out there running around and at the very last second after the defender have already committed to trying to make the tackle they throw their legs out there and they try to give themselves up and more times than not we see a penalty going out and a penalty flag coming out and it drives me absolutely insane because the defensive players have no ability to stop at that point and the quarterback should be giving himself up at least two yards before he gets to the defender. The other thing that I hate is when they're on the sidelines. You see the quarterback running like he's about to run out of bounds. And at the last second, he goes and steals two more yards and mm-hmm. then runs out of bounds. And from a defensive standpoint, you're trying not to hit him because once you commit to hitting him, even if they're close to the sideline, you always see the flags come out. But you don't know what his intentions are when the quarterback is running towards the sideline. So right. I would like to see the NFL start to differentiate a lot better on when quarterbacks are giving themselves up and make sure that this is a point of emphasis that, hey, if you're going to slide, you need to do it way before you come anywhere near the defender. If you're going to run out of bounds, you need to run out of bounds way before you get near the defender because right now it's way too close and they're officiating it way too much in the quarterback's favor, which has allowed the quarterbacks to weaponize the slide and use it against the defensive player. So with that being said, I don't like what Josh Allen did where Uh basically he was running in there trying to get extra yards. And at the last second, he kind of gave himself up after the defender was already trying to make the tackle. So it was a clean hit. It was not dirty. I, I just figured it out. Anytime a quarterback slides, there's a minus two. So wherever you slide at, I agree. The ball gets placed two yards behind that. That's well, the fix. If, because if here's you the actually thing. look at the rule, they're, it's, they're supposed to mark it where the slide starts, but that never happens because the slides are happening way too late. I'm talking about even when the slide starts, two yards behind okay. that. I love it. I think that's great. And if you don't do that, just realize, again, that's where the ball is going to be placed. You're giving yourself up so you can't get those extra yards. Like that's Because you're 100% right in the Josh Allen hit. If he doesn't hit him like that, if he just goes to wrap that big dude up, they're probably going to fall forward for a first down. So I have to bring this. I have to bring the wood. Like he wasn't trying to hurt him. He was trying to stop him from getting a first. Yeah, Josh Allen's six six two fifty. If he lowers his shoulder and that DB kind of lets up, thinking he's going to slide. He's going to get run over. Exactly. He's going to get trucked. He's going to be the one that gets hurt, and he's going to be the one embarrassed. I'm going to make and fun of him. he's going to be the yeah. one that everyone's going to make fun of. Oh, you got trucked by a quarterback. Yeah. So these defenders are in a horrible position, and there's nothing they can do. And if they go in and try to make the tackle and do their job, then they're going to get fined, and they're going to get potentially suspended because yep. they accidentally hit the quarterback in the head who's doing an unsafe maneuver by trying to – drop the floor out from underneath him and get down as quickly as he can, but it's happening way too late. I have a hot take about Vontez Burford that I'm going to save for the next episode because it'll get long. It'll get long-winded. So next episode, put it in the rundown. Vontez Burford, Hawk Point, put a pin in it. What's the next one we got, John? Bryce Baxter on Facebook wants to know, if you had to pick one former teammate to kick a game-winning 30-yard field goal, who would that teammate be, not including kickers? 
not including kickers. Joe, you have somebody in mind? Yeah, actually, Tank Carter. He was a teammate of mine in Cleveland for a bunch of years. Mm -hmm. And he's one of those guys that's good at everything. He's the guy that is good at ping pong. He's good at golden tee. He's good at pool. Like, you didn't want to face him in anything in the locker room. And he was actually really... Yeah, dude, he was uh, really good at everything. He was like a seven-time BMX world champion as a kid. Yeah. Uh, like the pedal bikes, not not like the motorbikes or whatever. And he was also a really good kicker. So I would count on him to be able to make a game-winning 30-yard field goal. Uh, I like that. Remember, remember, I don't have anybody, so I'm not even going to answer the question. But, Joe, no, remember in Cleveland? So what we would do in Cleveland was on Fridays, we would have an early practice. We would get done with the practice around noon. That was like our day to get out early. But every – it was the end of the week. What they would do was they would pick one guy to kick the field goal, right? So everyone would line up. Like it, would be, it might be Joe one day. It might be me. It might be Tank. It might be Josh Gordon, whoever. And if you hit the field goal, what did we get? Was it money? So Mike Patton was the head coach, and he'd always bet jelly beans, right? Because you're not supposed right, to gamble. You can't bet so money, he would bet like a hundred jelly beans if you make it. Yeah, and so if you make it, he would pay you a hundred, and if you miss, you're supposed to pay him. But I don't think anybody ever paid him when yeah. they missed. But so everyone would like, and and I remember my turn came, and I'm like, all right, I gotta, I'm gonna make this. And I I think I hit like it went like seven yards left and just hit somebody in the nuts or something <laughs> like that. It was really bad. So that stuff is a lot harder way, than it looks. <laughs> here's a fun fact. I've been called to do that a lot of times throughout college and pros, and I've never missed. I'm like six wow. for six all time in my career kicking an extra point because I used to kick in peewee football and in, in high school, and I was a toe bomber. Yeah. And a toe bombing is a really easy and consistent way to hit short field goals. Yeah, I was going to say. So I've never missed. I even I was on uh, one of the NFL Network shows during the week of the Super Bowl, and we had to kick field goals. It was like a ridiculous NFL <laughs> Network show leading up to the Super Bowl. And I was like four for four on that show, and my team won thanks to my golden toe. Golden toe. Well, your foot is bigger than the football. I don't have that luxury. <laughs> All right, our next question comes from the voicemails. DJ Chris, what we got? Hey, this is Aaron Bradley calling from Florida. I got two words for you guys. Banana hammocks. I want to pitch to you guys a TV show, reality TV show idea called Joe Hawk Your House, where Joe and Hawk come into your house in banana hammocks and pimp your room. They make the ultimate Browns fan cave room. Man cave room. Joe Hawk yourself. I think that was Matt LaFleur. <laughs> I'm almost puzzled. Aaron, I love that idea, man. You are going to be the executive producer of, what was it? Tomahawk Your House? Joe Hawk Your House. Joe Hawk Your House. Yes. I love it. Joe, you ready to, to, to make the uh, the leap into the big leagues? If, if we start yep. a show right now, cue some music right here. Welcome to That Could Be a Show starring Joe Thomas and Andrew Hawkins. Aaron just pitched us Joe Hawk Your House. The final decision rests upon our judge, Joe Thomas, whether or not we greenlight this show. Joe, what do you say? 
That sounds like the most disturbing show of all time. <laughs> and there's no way that you could even put that on HBO. Wah, wah, wah. All right, and we appreciate it. Uh, give us another show idea. And we're expecting you to call us back with a brand new show pitch. Okay, I, but that did not get greenlit. I just want to say, I love that show idea, but why the banana hammocks? Uh, I'm all know. in on the man Somebody on the wants man to see us partly naked. I think we should just do it naked and just make it a full-on pay-per-view that show. That seems like the new like. Then we would have some shows. heavily male-skewed audience, which is really, <laughs> you know, what advertisers are looking for these days. That's it. That's where the big bucks are. All right, what's the next one, John? Box of Juice on Instagram. Box of Juice 23 on Instagram wants to know, Hawk, was it always football or bust, or did you have a plan B if football didn't work out? Hmm. It was This is football. actually LeBron James on Instagram in case we're yeah, keeping notes, by the way. Thanks, boss. Thanks for the question. Um, <laughs> was it always football or bust? It was football or bust for a very, very, very long time because I am an all-in or all-out, as you can see by my workout regimen. I am either getting in prolific <laughs> shape or I am eating eight chocolate chip muffins for breakfast. There is no in-between. <laughs> So when it came to football, I always wanted to go to the NFL, and I thought I always could. By the time I realized, like, oh, wow, I'm the only person on earth who thinks I can play in the NFL, by that time, I had already put 20 years in. So I could have done other things at that point, but I'm like, if I pivot at this point after my entire life doing all the shit that I had to do because I thought I could play in the NFL, I would have felt like I wasted 20 years of my life. So I just doubled down, and that's... I'm like, no, I am going to make this mean something. And here I am. So it was football or bust at that point. But eventually, I would have probably got a job like I do. Well, Hawk, you made a good point there. And I think the common fan out there doesn't realize the commitment that football players, especially NFL players, have made to their practice, to their craft, and about how many things it takes to learn just to be good enough to go out and be competent on Mm -hmm. a football field. Not not even talking about being great at football. And there was an interesting uh, video on Twitter that I saw this week of Deshaun Watson, and he got asked a question by a media member. They, the question was like, why didn't you take more deep shots? Or like something real super generic. Uh-huh. And he looked at him like, are you an idiot? Did you not see that they were playing cover four and the only way you can attack cover four is if you uh, have like the deep double moves? Yep. And so he broke down why and how they tried to take some shots during the game, but it just didn't work out. And people were just like overly blown away. They like couldn't imagine that in the game of football, <laughs> this was like the strategy that we talk about on a daily basis. And I think I commented saying like, this is interesting because I don't really know a whole lot about coverages. I'm, right. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie and say I really understand the coverage game, but I committed 20 years of my life to learning offensive line and line play. And so when we went to work at 7 a.m. and came home at 7 p.m. for six months out of the year mm-hmm. and longer in training camp, like we were learning football just yeah. the same way as when a doctor goes to work. He learns being a doctor. When a computer engineer goes to work, he's learning to be a computer engineer. And so every day you're learning and there's a, there's millions and millions of things to learn. And yeah. so my comment was basically like, what he just said about coverages is like what you learn when you're a freshman in college and you first come in as a quarterback and like the knowledge that quarterbacks have about coverages and routes and combinations is so far beyond that, mm-hmm. that 
the average fan can't even comprehend the things that are going on. And so I think from a player's perspective, a lot of times you see them get frustrated with those press conferences because you have all these members in the media and fans and, you know, people like you and I that want to talk about how we're, why didn't you do this? You guys are dumb. Like your strategy is bad. Like it's so simple. Why didn't you do this? When really as fans, I'm going to say I'm a fan now. We yeah. have no concept because the concepts are so far beyond, so many light years beyond what the average football fan or even the average person who played maybe high school football can possibly understand that it's meteoric. And I think some people heard what I said about Deshaun Watson as it was like some type of a slight about Deshaun Watson, which right. is not how no. it was intended whatsoever. I was merely saying that if you were blown away by what Deshaun Watson said right here, exactly. you can imagine if you sat in one of those meetings and heard Deshaun Watson and his coach talk, it would be like listening to Chinese or yep. beyond because the steps – Unless you understand Chinese, yeah. like my then, brother who lives in China and he speaks very Mandarin very well. Let it be simple. <laughs> but like the conversations that happen in our meeting rooms are, are so far beyond that, that I think it would be fun and interesting maybe for a camera to be in those rooms. And that's why maybe Hard Knocks would be interesting if they open up even a little bit more to the strategy side of things, even though they never will. Right. But I think fans would be just completely blown away with how complicated the game of football actually is. Yeah, and I, I think that's what people were blown away by, that it wasn't like, me no play good, me play better <laughs> next game. Like, yeah, it's they're playing cover four. It's hard to get shots versus cover four. That's the whole point of playing it. You limit that. And, I mean, you got to hit double moves. You got to, you know... Show him one thing, send him another. I, I, I put a video out of, of Austin explaining coverages because he's really into football. Like he's, I would love to watch that. I'll send it to you, but he explains cover zero, me. cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four, cover six. How do you beat cover four? Like who's playing the flats and the zone and why is it? So mm-hmm. he understands all of that. But again, he's seven. So imagine like what a football player who, again, devotes their life to this, their understanding of that. Like that's how these guys get there. Jimmy Spencer, who was one of the advocates for starting this podcast, works at Uninterrupted, he had the idea. He was like, I don't think people realize what players do all week. So they're like, well, <laughs> right. A lot of people think we show up on Sundays and yeah. play. And the rest of the week, we're just like hanging out with the kids. And I go, oh, practice is two hours a day. Like, that's not, you know, it's why you, you get paid so much. <laughs> so I'm going to, I know we're low on time, but I'm going to explain how the week of a practice works. So, okay, Sunday, we know we have the game. We show up to the stadium roughly about 1030, depending you know, if you're there early or later, you play the game, you're done at four, you're free the rest of the day. On Monday, you're in probably around 9 a.m. And that's called sleeping in, right? I mean, everyone goes to work at nine, but for football players, if you're there at nine, that's like your sleeping day. You go in, you lift probably from about 9 a.m. to 1030. You then go watch the film from the other day and you sit in meetings and you literally break down every part of the film and you have a grade based on what you were asked to do in each play and the best players grade out, right? They grade out pretty high and, you know, obviously if, the worse you grade, the better you have to do. You get done. And it's on pretty a, similar to like a grade scale that you'd get in college. Exactly. So 90% and above is an A, and that's mm-hmm. pretty good. Like if you're grading out over 90%, you had a pretty good game. Pretty good game, especially if you play a lot of plays, right? Um, yeah. So you get done watching that film, um, and you watch offense. You have a team meeting. You do offensive meetings. You do special teams meetings, and you literally grade out in every facet of the game. You get done with the day at probably about 3 o'clock, um, and then you go to media. So you have media obligations. Uh, most guys get in the cold tub because, you know, you're still sore. You, you, you cold tub, you rehab, you rejuvenate your body because you're trying to get your body to bounce back within seven days. 
Tuesday's your off day, quote unquote. Most guys, probably 60 to 70% are still in the facility because again, I need to be getting ice. I need to be in the cold tub, hot tub. I need to get a lift. I need to do all these things to get my body back. And I'm trying to catch up on the team that we're playing next week. So now I'm watching film of the team coming up just for my own uh, mind and, and understanding. Okay, here's how I can beat this, blah, blah, blah. That's usually about four hours on your off day. Tuesday, usually get in for a guy like me. I get in around 7 a.m., 6.30 or 7. Special teams meetings start at 8 a.m. Each day, there's a different special team. There's a kickoff, there's a punt, there's a punt return. Um, Kickoff return usually has two days out of the week. Punt return usually has two days out of the week. So you meet at 8 a.m. for your punt return meeting. After your punt return meeting, probably at about 9, you have a team meeting. And the big-time guys who aren't on special teams, like the Joe Thomas of the world, that's usually their first obligation. They're there for the team meeting at 9 a.m. From 9 a.m. to about 9.20, then you go to offensive meetings. Now, on Wednesdays, now we're installing our offense for that week. And you literally go through every single play. Right, So the offensive coordinator will sit up there and show you every single play that's in the game plan for this week. That typically takes about an hour. Right, So you're going through all these plays. He's telling you what coverages they play, how you're going to beat it. They're going to say, these are the plays we're going to use to exploit this in this situation. When you get done with that, now we're at about 1130. You break off to receiver meetings. Now we're watching the film and the breakdown of what they're doing and we're taking notes. All the good players are taking notes on every single thing that we're saying and we're talking about on this play. Here's your alignment. Here's how you want to line up. You're going to be three yards instead of two yards because when the ball comes out, it needs to hit you in a way that you can continue to run. That way we can maximize the play. We can get eight yards instead of six. This is the level of detail that goes into the game planning for all that. You get done there. You have a lunch. After lunch, you come back for another meeting, for another 20, 30-minute meeting. Then you get ready for practice. You have practice. After practice, you take a shower. You get in the cold tub, the hot tub, try to recover. And then you come back to meetings again. You don't leave every day till about 6 o'clock. Like, get done at 6 o'clock. You probably don't leave till about 7 or 8, depending on who you are. So you're in the building, literally meeting and taking notes like class from about 7 a.m. to about 7 p.m. So, and that goes out throughout the week. Friday, you get done early. Um, get a chance to recover, see your family for the first time. Like, hey, kids, I'm your dad. Dad, <laughs> you exist. And then you play again on, uh, you go to a hotel Saturday night. So Saturday you wake up, day before game, meetings in the morning, walkthroughs. You get done about 12 o'clock. If you're traveling, you got to be at the airport by 2 to leave. If you're not, you got to be at the hotel in Cleveland at 6 p.m. You stay in the hotel with the, your teammates. You wake up. You go to the stadium and you do the whole thing over again. I think that's something a lot of fans don't realize is that you guys stay in a hotel even yeah. for home games. Yeah, we stay in a hotel. Like we have to, because I mean, they don't want us out in the club. They don't want us out drinking. They don't want us out partying. They don't want us out. Honestly, it's a way to make sure you're getting sleep because your kids are going to be like, Daddy, I'm so happy you exist. You're in the house. This is cool. And it's like, you won't get to sleep because they're happy to meet you. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yo, let's get you out of that toxic environment of your family and let's put you in a hotel <laughs> so you can get rest and gear up for this game because we only got 16 chances at this, baby. So everything Hawk said is true. And if you're a quarterback or an offensive lineman, just double it. And that's yep. what our life is during yep. the week. Absolutely. 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 All right. So <laughs> that was question. a long way of saying um, next question. <laughs> Gareth McKillian on Reddit wants to know, if you two were to dress as a horse for Halloween, mm. who would be the front and who would be the back? Oh, man. I, I believe that uh, I would probably be in the back from a practical standpoint because 
being that I'm a longer in the torso, it would make more sense because the back of the horse has to kind of like bend over and bridge the distance between my legs and Hawk's legs. Yeah. And if he was in the back, it would look like a really funny, very, very uh, short like looking a, horse. It would look like he was sitting down. I don't think <laughs> it would work, to be honest. Down. I think it, whatever the version is, the horse has clearly has scoliosis. <laughs> and he should probably, whatever, whether I'm in the front or you're in the front, it should be taken to the vet. So that's the answer. Next question, yeah, yeah, John. <laughs> so there are six questions in the pick six. And, and to be clear, it should be put to sleep, not taken to the vet to be fixed. Like, <laughs> take, it should be sh- taken out back and shot. It's a that's fake cool. horse, so I think we're allowed to say that. It's actually me and Joe. Continue. So our sixth and final pick six question comes from Instagram. I just want to point out we got three questions from Instagram this week Ooh. because we did not get any good Twitter questions. All right. So wow, Instagram, Twitter. great job. Twitter, step your game up. Brian wow. B, I'm sorry, B Brian 17 on IG wants to know, what's your favorite go-to movie for Halloween? Ooh, Joe, do you have a Halloween movie? You know, I don't really have a Halloween movie, and partly because I'm afraid of scary movies. Okay. I'm not a big fan of making myself scared right before I go to bed. So uh, I don't really have like a go-to Halloween movie. I'm much more of a Christmas movie type guy. So I'm just going to say no no movies on Halloween. No movies on Halloween. That is not a fun answer, but I'm going to double down and say also no movies on Halloween. I grew oh, up God, and we didn't we celebrate suck. Halloween. Like so tell me about that. That we makes no sense. I don't understand what you're saying. Is that like a Christian thing? Yeah, it, it was. It was. A, it was a Christian thing, and like Halloween is like a pagan holiday, and not everyone takes this. But my mom, we didn't. We didn't do Halloween. We didn't dress up, mm-hmm. and I just wanted like candy, and I don't let my kids like go trick or treating either. Now, like with the mix of that, and also like I don't trust humans, and I don't know what they're putting oh. in candy, and like it's like a weird, weird thing. Like I don't. You see horror stories of people like giving like weed candy or like sharp objects or like giants tickets, right? Like things that you're like, (laughs) man, this could, (laughs) this could really hurt my children. Like stop torturing them. So I don't, I don't let them do that. But when I was a kid, I wanted to trick or treat. (laughs) And um, me and my brother were like, F that we're trick or treating this year. We don't know how it works, right? We have literally no idea. All right, so I'm in second grade. I think my my brother is in fourth grade, maybe fifth. It had to be fourth or fifth grade because he had like um, football pads from the season. So I think he was in he was in fifth and I was in third. So we were like, "Yo, let's go trick or treat." We don't know how it works. We just think like, "Oh, it's Halloween. Let's go." He's like, "Yo, put this basketball uniform on of his <laughs> basketball team." He also had his shoulder pads and football jersey, so he dressed up like a football player. I was a basketball player. Literally, his uniforms from the season. So we're like, "Yo, let's go. Let's just start walking around the houses." So we get all dressed up. It's like right after school. So we get home at like three fifteen. My mom gets off of work and home around five thirty or five o'clock or something like that. So we got a very small window to get as much candy as we possibly can. Not realizing trick your treat doesn't work like that. You don't just get to just go to people's <laughs> house at any point in the day. So we are like, you know, what's a good place to start across the street, right? So we just literally walk across the street as we walk across the street. Now it's about four fifteen. mom's home early. She's pulling up the hill as literally we get dressed and we're walking to our first house at a time where clearly he doesn't have candy and clearly he's probably at work himself, right? (laughs) As we're across the street, the van starts coming up the hill. So we run full speed across the street, right? Like, shit, (laughs) get in the house. Now, if we would have just played it cool, 
she probably wouldn't have even thought anything like, oh, you're just dressed up for like you're in your brother's uniforms. You guys are playing basketball football player. So we get suspicious. We run in. We take our shit off, like throw it behind the door. And she comes in like, what was what was what's this about? And obviously we probably just it's all over our face. And yeah, yeah niggas like, say we got in trouble. Um, <laughs> so that was my only time. What was the punishment? What was the punishment? Um, it was an old school punishment. We'll just put it that way. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. Yeah. Nah, we got a whooping. Um, so, yeah. And it wasn't even about the trick-or-treating. It was the fact that we tried to cheat, lie, and, you know. See, that that is the That's oldest it. lie in parenting is it's not the fact that you broke the rules. It's the <laughs> fact that you lied about it. Yeah. How, many, how often do you use that throughout the week? Yeah, I use that all the time. My kids don't believe me. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not very convincing, apparently. <laughs> all right. We got an extra point here. Yes, that's six. Chris has the extra point queued up. Extra point. This is T, T. And the new catchphrase is, give them the business. Give them the business. I like it. Give them the business. All right, write that down. (laughs) All right, give them the business. We can do that. I think we can fit that in on Thursday. Give him the business. Give, give Give EM apostrophe the business. All right, give him the business. All right, that's our catchphrase that Joe is going to use on his Thursday night broadcast and that I'm going to use on TV as well. Give him the business. I'm already two ahead because I, I used Get Your Money's Worth again False. last night at a show close um, that it didn't fit at all. They were like, all right, that'll do it for Total <laughs> Access. And I was like, get your money's worth. <laughs> all right, we're going to find those audio uh, clips and put them here on the show so I can prove it. I think that does it for this episode of the Tomahawk Show. We rambled. Uh, we had a good time. We laughed. We cried. Did everything in between. And it was a good day of emotion. Joe, do you have final thoughts? I do, but I'm going to go potty real quick. I'll be right back. All right. That does it for the Tomahawk Show. Dave Bakhtiari, <laughs> take us out. And you know what? Joe Hawk yourself. I say we keep that. I have to go potty real quick. <laughs>